electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Market is absorbing some of Monday's rally. Best day for the S&P since June. Some cautious notes out this morning, too. B of A on equities and Goldman on SPACs. Got earnings from Zoom, Target and Kohl's. We'll get to all of that. Our roadmap, though, will begin with what Becky just mentioned. Major news on the vaccine front. Merck set to help make J&J's newly approved vaccine in its manufacturing facilities. Plus, markets are poised to open slightly lower. This, of course, after the S&P notched its best day yesterday since June. And call it SPAC Menem, 90 SPACs, raising a record $32 billion in IPO capital just last month. We're going to dig into those numbers, Carl. Of course, we've mentioned SPAC now less than a minute into the show, which is more typical than not. Yes, definitely in the first half hour um, on most days. We'll start, though, Jim, with this story that we do expect to get more detail on later on today. And that Merck, that is that Merck is going to help J&J make the vaccine. Washington Post helped break the story this morning, uh, says the White House helped broker this arrangement and that if it is at peak production, it could double what J&J was going to do on its own. All right. I'm glad to hear that because I had felt that J&J's uh, combined amount that they're going to put out with Emergent Bio, which is one of the biggest stock gainers yesterday, was far bigger than what they announced. And uh, I know some people were saying, Jim, uh, you thought they were going to do a billion. And I still do. But th- this is really terrific because what you were getting, uh, Burke helping out, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if more don't help out, is a recognition that we're going to beat this thing. And we're going to beat it much faster because of the how the scientists and the drug companies have been willing to work together in a remarkable way. And don't forget, there's Sputnik, uh, which is doing quite well. Russia that's selling it over uh, many different places. AstraZeneca is being used. So uh, the J&J, David, uh, if others would join, can you imagine? They'll get to a billion. Yeah, listen, I mean, we're going to get to 400 million doses available, which is obviously more than the population. Uh, even I'm um, even double counting as you need to with Pfizer right. and Moderna change, obviously one does, uh, you know, by the summer, I think of, uh, been uh, having discussed it with Meg Terrell, who we go to for all things vaccine related, uh, Jim. So then the question becomes the rest of the world, uh, which you also need to vaccinate could take some time, but perhaps that gets there more quickly, enabling, uh, you know, a lot more travel, for example, and things of that nature. Well, look, it's very important to remember that the J and J vaccine is like flu vaccine. It can go anywhere. And, David, you know, uh, if you don't need refrigeration, well, let's just send it everywhere. And I think that we're going to find ourselves uh, traveling. I think, Carl, one of these things that's going to happen is you're going to carry your card. I don't know what kind of card they're going to give you, but I feel very strongly that you're going to have a pass. Uh, And that pass is going to say you can come in. And it will be very important because I think that when you go to a restaurant right now, they take your temperature, which we know exactly uh, has very little correlation with the disease. Uh, a pass is much better. And I think it'll change life dramatically. Hmm. 
So, Jim, um, given all of that and the, I guess, uh, increased optimism, even even from yesterday on the vaccine front, you look at Atlanta Fed, uh, their Q1 GDP forecast now 10 and a half. Why, given all of this um, assumed strength in Q1, are companies like Target this morning still a little hesitant to give guidance? Well, I was thinking about Target, what I would have said, because I like Brian Cornell so much. I would have offered alternative forecasts. I would have said if we get this. I see this happening. And if we don't and we get a shutdown of the vaccines, well, here's what I think. Now, that's a complex thing to try to figure. But believe me, behind the scenes in every company that's involved with travel and leisure, they're offering two forecasts inside. And I think that the retailers should do the same because otherwise what we think is they're uncertain about the economy and uncertain about the layoffs and the unemployment rate. And they're not. David, they're trying to figure out how quickly you can get these things in people's arms. And if it's very quickly, they're going to have a good quarter. And if it's not, the quarter is just going to be as uh, what you just saw and maybe not even as good. Right. Although you've made the point that there are certain retailers that obviously benefited from the condition that we've now been in more or less for the last year. And they're the worst stocks. And they're, they're already reflecting they're that expectation of tougher yes. comparisons. Versus a Kohl's. But, uh, uh, I mean, Amazon. Is Amazon going to have tough comparisons? Amazon spent $4 billion uh, yes. on um, trying to make it so that their employees are safe. And uh, Look, I know I'm not being political because I know that uh, President Biden would, uh, would favor unionization in some places. But I will point out, David, that the amount of money they can make if they're done spend is just insane. That's a great point. Insane. That's a great point. That, that, that spend no longer has to occur, even if there was, obviously, as we know, a, a huge up uptick in, in orders. And, yeah, then the, and, and then the larger question, Carl, of course, is how much of the behaviors that we have inculcated over this last year remain? You know, that gets you to Zoom, for example, which uh, had great earnings, <laughs> uh, but so many other things as well. How, you know, how much of this is simply here to stay? We know a lot of it is. We know a lot of it is. It's not as though e-commerce is suddenly going to fall off a cliff. No way. Uh, it's just moved up more quickly, perhaps, than it otherwise would have. But many people believe it will just continue on that upward trajectory, perhaps not quite at the same pace that we saw March 2020 to March 2021. Yeah, yeah. Well, t- maybe we should get into Zoom just to touch on that front, David. I see Piper this morning, Jim. Uh, upgrades to overweight. Zoom at this point, upgrading to overweight. Target 541 um, on this notion that um, there's going to be continued demand for this, even if we do start to go outside. But not everybody liked it. I mean, I, I was surprised. He, he, the guy, J.P. Morgan, this guy, Sterling Audio, I really love his stuff. I don't know. I've just become kind of addicted to what he has to say because he's been so good on these. He's talking about a decel, deceleration. Uh, he's not too happy about it. Uh, the uh, Opco talking about uh, pretty critical. Uh, Piper does talk about it only has two percent penetration. I have to believe that the thing that people are missing with Zoom is that it's one of those things that actually had a little upward trajectory even before the pandemic. And Zoom itself is developing an ecosystem. I think people are viewing Zoom as static. My prediction is that we will find this time next year, David, when you see someone on Zoom. Yes. It will look like they are on camera. Very, uh, very dif- difficult to differentiate between the Zoom uh, Faber look and the Zoom camera look. So, right, really fine HD TV quality. That's where they're going. Uh, and then we've talked to Chuck Robbins, of course. WebEx is the product from Cisco that is similar. They would argue more secure. Right. He's well, talking about China. the day of 3D, right, where, where you're going to, you and I are going to have a meeting. I'll be sitting here and you'll be kind of sitting there. 
Well, my you absolute- won't really be sitting there, but you will because uh, I'll be talking to you there. Well, Carl, I know you're an aficionado of, of, of pop culture. Uh, when you watch Netflix, do you watch with titles or do you watch the dub? Because that's what you're going to be able to choose when you're on Zoom. Real-time that's, that's, dub. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. And your point, uh, they even say that uh, 2020 was driven uh, by commercial over enterprise. But, yeah, there's gonna, there's, their general notion is that it's going to be folded into business conversations in a way that maybe we didn't see in the emergency setting of the first eight or nine months of the pandemic. Well, let's also remember, uh, when you look at the bottom line of a lot of companies, it was incredibly helped. David, airplane travel and hotels yes. are the bane of the existence of some of these companies they discovered. The T&E, the, the amount of money spent on road, the first class. You know what? If you're working two to three days a week at home and, 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 and no one goes to try to close your account, yep. why do you need to travel? Zoom. With a DocuSign at the end. No, listen, that, that is, uh, we know, I mean, the uh, area that I've followed for so many years, mergers and acquisitions, hard to have imagined that you could actually negotiate deals in which none of the parties actually saw each other physically. Didn't have that handshake, didn't sit down to dinner and have the conversation. But that's happened numerous times. Uh, there have been occasions where they do get together, they take the planes and they meet outside somewhere. But so many deals. And that's just one example of it, Jim, where you've been able to do things you perhaps had never thought possible as little as a year ago on Zoom. That said, when you speak Uh to people, this is what you get, right? You get, first of all, if you talk to like David Solomon, Goldman Sachs, he's going to say, I want everybody back in the damn office. I want them back. All right. They should be back. Uh, And that's that's a lot of different CEOs, by the way, at least in areas where they feel like there's strong competition and they will benefit from that. And to competition, the first time your competitor gets on a plane to go see a client, then everybody's getting on the plane again. Well, that is the big issue is are people going to it's a Mexican standoff, Carl. Uh, as long as nobody goes, then we all zoom. If someone goes, it's presumed that guy gets the or that woman gets the business. So I think that is going to be a big deal. I mean, it's hard for me to see Jamie Dimon saying, you know what, let's just all do zoom, even though Bank of America is going in person. No way. No, it's no not. Right. It's not. So it, it all works until it doesn't work. Uh, will it ever come back, though, Jim, to the levels of business travel that we saw in no. 2019? That seems hard to imagine. No, it right? won't come back. And I do believe that Zoom is not standing still. That's very important. They haven't done any acquisitions. They do have a great, well, to speak of this point, they have a great currency. The stock did not come in hot. Uh, I think it's it's here to stay. Uh, obviously, it's the second most va- uh, highly valued company after Snowflake. Right. They don't have a lot of debt, though, on their balance sheet. They don't oh, a lot of cash. Yeah, they got a lot, a lot of cash. cash. They don't need to do one of those converts that Twitter did. Zero. Zero percent up 70. Did Twitter need to do it? They no. had a huge amount of cash. I know. But why not raise a one and a quarter billion when it's well, cost you nothing? Everybody should. If they're going to give away money, should. don't you want some? Why isn't everybody issuing converts right now? I mean, sometimes it even can be treated as There's equity a- on your balance sheet, not even debt, Carl. It's amazing right now that what the capital markets will take. Zero percent. Up 70 yeah. on the conversion price all day long. Yeah. Uh, investor relations at Twitter just tweeted out some details on on their uh, on their converts. But I think Fastly, yeah. Jim, also on the list today. Uh, Shaq, of course, from yesterday. Uh, Macy's with some uh, a tender on some on. Some, and Roku, too. Right. I think a billion in new uh, class A common. They have so much money. I mean, you're talking about companies that are I mean, people often talk about. Nine, is this 1999, 2000? In this particular case, it's the opposite. David, those companies were running on empty. 
and no one was giving them additional cash. These companies are getting full faith and credit of this market. It's incredible. And how long will it continue? As long as the Fed keeps rates low. Right. And that's why a lot of people feel this market is rigged. I say if you're Twitter and you're trying to spend, I talked to Ned Siegel last week, you know, they want to spend billions of dollars. So why not just raise additional raise billions? Listen, you look at some of the names that we've talked about that have run up so much. Obviously, you kept talking about GME and the craziness there. But why didn't they sell equity? But you can make the same argument for Viacom or Discovery, both of which are up, what, 80 and 93 percent respectively since the beginning of the year. Maybe you don't need it, but why not raise it? Well, GME could do that. You know, they, they have a decent it. balance sheet. GME. If they didn't want to sell yeah. stock, they could. Act, I mean, they should sell stock, I believe. But that's now I'm good. That's the end of my Twitter feed. Forget it. Here we go. One year at 129. And then, <laughs> and then I mean, these, these names have been incredible. Uh, Discovery as well. I've pointed them out many times just because it's been such a stunning run after trading so cheaply for so long. And what happened here, David? Because um, the court cutting, yeah, we know from the Moffitt-Nathanson re- survey, the court cutting is accelerating. It's accelerating. It's a revalue. Nobody really knows what a direct-to-consumer business is worth. They right. really, everybody's trying to figure out a discounted cash flow model at some point in the future to figure. Obviously, Disney is, the, is seen as the greatest thing ever. I don't know what it'll, you know, it'll be DTC, theme parks, and movies, right? At some point, yes. they'll dispatch everything else because nobody cares anyway. Uh, but... You know what it's all worth. Everybody right now is very enthusiastic about these about these models. And these are heavily these names in particular, the Discovery Viacom, fairly heavily shorted. So part of that, that a bit, they picked up some momentum there. Discovery had a good quarter, added more subs than they thought. Advertising strong. I don't know, Jim. I could come up with a million reasons. None of them may be right. Well, look, Carl, one of the things I have, I have a smart TV and it comes with a clicker and the clicker says Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. Uh, and then the rest of them you have to download on your smart TV. So, I mean, Amazon and Netflix have such a leg up because of that smartphone clicker. Now, I'd be smart, smart TV clicker. The smart cast, I, I don't know whether you have one of these, Carl, but it, you, have to, you have to put on, like HBO Max, uh, you have to put on some, some of this uh, uh, Paramount Plus. Sure. Yes, and to me, plus. what that says yeah. is like, hey, I'm lazy. I'm not going to watch it. Well, you watch it on your phone. Is what, yeah. what you I love told to me. watch things on my phone because my he wife hates my HBO taste. Max on his phone. If That's people, what he does. My wife hates That's, my taste. I like right now I'm watching Bosch. You 15 years old. Watch it on a TV, man. I, I watch it in bed and she hates me. She's, why are you watching shows. that violent show? Why do you watch Banshee four times? beautifully shot. Watch them on your television. If I, I, I remember we, we once... We once asked Ron Howard whether or not he cared where you watched his movies on. And his, his answer was, when I grew up, I watched Grapes of Wrath on a black and white screen about this big. Uh, to the, to the, some of these guys, it, it doesn't really matter. No. Platform doesn't matter, Jim. Nope. I guess and I story. just, when this gets to be 5G, David, yeah. see you later. See you later. Well, yeah, I know. It's all about the story still. It is? Yeah. Tell a good story and we'll watch or we'll read. Yeah. Well, David, your honor. Actually, guys, when we... When we come back, we'll talk about what uh, Bob Chapek said about some surprising findings uh, in Disney+. Plus. bunch of upgrades and downgrades this morning. Macquarie on the cruise lines is pretty interesting. Futures, of course, not as dramatic uh, as yesterday morning, but we do look to see some perhaps mild gains of the open. We'll see. Uh, back in a moment. Welcome back. Spackalicious. Back- Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. 
like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. I don't know, Jim, come up with one while you're sitting there as well. But, uh, man, it's all about SPACs uh, every day. Uh, Let's give you the latest numbers as of March 1st. 13 SPAC IPOs. It's just 24 hours. 3.9 billion raised. Uh, This is our our friends back at SPACalytics. I think that's SPAC analytics is what they call it. I'm calling them SPACalytics now. There they are. Uh, And uh, so far... 202 IPOs, 63.5 billion raised. Uh, show's friend David Costin puts out yeah. a note this morning at Goldman. Uh, bigger, louder, faster. SPAC Almanac says SPACs could generate more than $700 billion in acquisition activity over the next two years. It's just simple math based on what they've raised and the multiples, of course, remember, because you're going after companies, you're typically not. You're one-seventh the size in terms of what the SPAC raises versus what the overall uh, number is. Right now, the average 2021 announced SPAC target is an enterprise value of $2.9 billion. And remember, it's almost always based on 2026. As we like to say, Jim, what a year 26 is going to be. There's going to be flying cars everywhere. We're going to have, you know... um, Solid-state batteries that let you go for 10,000 miles on a charge. I don't know. It's just going to be amazing, uh, 2026. And everything's trading at a multiple on that. It's a lot of growth capital that's come into this market. In a lot of ways, it's really fascinating as you take a look at the post-deal index we have. We also have the pre-deal index. Things have um, quieted a bit there on those first-day pops when the SPAC issues its shares. But we'll keep an eye on that. But there's plenty of money being made still. Take a look. I mean, even if you want it. Well, actually, I won't get into that right now. Um, uh, I I was going to talk about some of the the pipe deals, actually, and the average cost is even lower sometimes than 10 bucks. But that's a story for sort of another day. But, you know, uh, Jim, I mean, I looked at uh, Molus alone. Right. Ken Molus came on a few weeks ago. Molus and company, old friend of mine, uh, three, four and five. His SPAC, three, four and five, raising one point two billion. uh, is Atlas Crest Investment Corps, three, four, and five. Remember, his first one was flying cars. I like to call them flying cars. They're not. Electric flying taxis. Right. But uh, Dave uh, And then we had Joby. So Archer, he did Archer. And then we had Joby last week, right. which went public through reInvent Technology Partners. Obviously, neither one of these has yet de But the uh, one of the things that 
uh, David Costin called our attention to is a list of 20 active SPACs that trade at premiums, mm-hmm. 17 to 47 above their IPO prices. So those are actually ones people have made money on. Right. They trade at premiums to the 10 bucks. Right. Without having announced the deal. Isn't that incredible, though? Uh, which is shows in our index, you know. Right. But that's, isn't that that's yes. alchemy to some degree, isn't it? But. There is an enormous amount of buying power that's come, that is moving into this market every day with money being raised in the, in the billions, uh, Jim. And it is going to be put to work. And it is replacing or disintermediating, it would seem, sort of v, uh, venture capital. Late stage and not even necessarily late stage. There's an awful lot of companies you're going to be talking about on Mad Money that have a lot yeah. of risk in them, but potentially a lot of reward. I have Excel Fleet on tonight. I mean, this is a, a company. Once again, there's a lot of companies that are based on EV. And yep. clean uh, vans, clean small uh, and last mile truck too, right? Last That's mile big, truck. We had one of those last week, right? Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, today uh, we got an upgrade of uh, of MP Materials. I mean, which is just a terrific company. I had them on. That's a SPAC. That's for uh, Carl. You know what that is? That's uh, rare earth, and you need it for magnets for electric cars. It's very positive. Hmm. Yeah, Volvo, guys, uh, the latest company to say going all EV by 2030. For real. Uh, We'll get more on that, obviously, in the opening bell in about nine minutes. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Let's get to a mad dash beyond meat. Yeah, this is a, what I call a football name, David, meaning that there are companies uh, that are, let's say the brokerage community is really divided. Some guys just love it. Some guys hate it. It just goes bounce back and forth and stock ends up doing nothing. Really gutsy upgrade by City today saying, let's not forget, they have Pepsi, they have McDonald's, they have Yum. Now, none of those is really kicking in right now because these are food service. And you don't get as much business as you're going to have. But the the premise here is that Ethan Brown is doing a good job as CEO. They've had a lot of turnover there. And I think once food service opens up, it's going to be really good for them. Are they the best tasting? They don't have GMO. And the younger generation, if they sense that there is GMO, just won't go for it. Uh, so I like this call. I think it's a gutsy call. I think when food service opens, Ethan, Ethan's going to make a lot of money. I think you buy beyond me. Right here. Right here. Gutsy call, because it's not going to be a good quarter. They pretty much said that to you. I like these partnerships, David. Yum is real. McDonald's coming in. Matters a great deal. And uh, Pepsi. And what I, what I would tell you is it's very charismatic. Ethan's very charismatic, and he's uh, yes. messianic, so to speak. Okay. Early days still, you think, then? Yes, the overall early trend? days. And they keep making it taste better and better. And uh, I've used it all the time because my kids are vegetarian, vegan. And uh, I find it to be uh, good tasting. It's as good tasting as a true uh, burger. I don't think so. And I think that's an issue. One day it will be, though. Carl, uh, as we get ready for an open here, of course, after, as we said, uh, S&P hadn't seen such a good day since June. Yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah. Yesterday's action was uh, was <laughs> truly remarkable, Jim. Um, I, I did want to get you one last thing on Beyond Meat because you and I have talked about the partnerships specifically with McDonald's. But you're right. Even City says the details on some of these partnerships are scant. Uh, yeah. And there's still some who believe that what Beyond Meat's trying to tell you about it is not what the vendor would tell you about it. Well, that's uh, the messianic part. I think that uh, Ethan believes once you're in, you're in. Uh, I agree with you. I don't know if the uh, McDonald's uh, franchisees want a, a separate make line. Uh, for uh, this kind of thing. I do think that if you put it in college campuses, people like it. Uh, Like I said, though, this is probably one of the most controversial non-Reddit names. And, David, non-Reddit means that you won't be attacked if you say something bad about it. Guys, there's the opening bell. And the S&P, obviously, a much more balanced view uh, than we had yesterday. That monster rally, as David said, best day since June, best day in about four months uh, for the Dow and NASDAQ. Uh, Jim Coles is going to be interesting to dissect today. Um, Michelle Gass talking about finally some metrics on the number of customers that Amazon brought into the doors. About two million new customers in Q4, she said, mostly young adults. And we'll talk to her later today. I think that the reason why the stock's down is not because the inventory is very good. Uh, they did reinstate the dividend, but they didn't reinstate the dividend at the level that I think the, that the uh, uh, insurgents, the Duskin Group, uh, Maselum, had expected. And also, remember, that in terms of the baseline of where they are versus 2019, Uh, not 2020, they're not doing that well. So I think that people should look at this. I want to hear what she says. I think that Scott Wabner uh, is is Scott Scott today is I'm not sure. But I think that halftime is going to be an extraordinarily important interaction, given that they had John Duskin previously. And John is not happy with this quarter, says there's a lot of weakness to 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 take it to uh, examine and that maybe people will see through that things aren't that great. David, one of the things that I like about Kohl's uh, is I like retail here. I just like retail. I like the retail companies that were not doing well. I mentioned that when you look at Costco, what a fabulous retailer. And can it get out of its way after that $10 dividend? No, people hate Costco. They almost, oh, a little move today. They almost hate it as much as the most hated retailer. Can you guess what the most hated retailer is? No. Walmart. Really? Yeah. It is down 8% for the year. Yeah. A lot of people feel that Doug McMillan, by paying people more, hurts uh, the end game. I say it's great for the end game. I think Doug McMillan is one of those people who truly thinks, you know what, if we don't pay our people well, we're not going to keep them. Right. Well, they've taken their average wage higher. Yes. Um, Walmart up a bit today. So when you talk about you like retailers, are we talking just, you know, what do you buy, the ETF, the re- or, or is it better to f- focus on individual names given, as we've said many times, there are a number of retailers who did extraordinarily well during this period uh, and therefore will be facing tougher comp- uh, comparisons in the coming months? The ETF is heavily weighted toward the, toward the essentials, toward Walmart. You really have to pick and choose. You do. Uh, and one of them that I think is just terrific that I picked last night was Ralph Lauren didn't know that they were going to announce this new initiative about, uh, you, you know, where you're sharing. Uh, Ralph Lauren is just doing so well. I, I looked at L Brands. L Brands is just that's a Matthew Boss name. It, it, it's a remarkable situation. They got rid of Victoria's Secret, right? And they just became Bath and Body Works. And who doesn't want uh, in a pandemic where you're supposed to try to stay clean? A company that's about clean. Yeah, that thing came off the bottom. Like a rocket ship. I mean, it's been up even more than that. David, a rocket ship. Are you now speaking the language? No, I'm not. You're talking, what, about yesterday's SPAC deal? No, the Reddit. Oh, 
That's what they told Oh, me. is that what they do? Are you part of that? I am not a part of that. I am not a part of that. No. You know, Please Carl don't draw me into your wars. Carl Man, was, you were battling yesterday with people on Twitter. I was watching. It was like a street fight gone out of control. I had this idea of you running down the street. Just, I mean, it was... Holy no, cow. That is going to be the, uh, that is the, some people say the nadir. Uh, I would say the apex. I'm done uh, trying to knock people out. But, uh, Carl, what I was doing was I was trying to find the first hundred people I could block. Uh, because I blocked uh, yes. probably about 30 people today already. And I only got to 47 people. That. They yeah, were concerned. I, I that checked I, in on, on like 630 and you were just you're going to with half the world. There. I was. And yeah. I liked it. I was just going to bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's going to have one of those thermometers, you know, roadside thermometer signs where you, the number of people you've blocked over time. Can we get to our new goal? I am telling you, it's a, it's a Burma shave to people in America. I hate these people. I, look, I, look, there was um, I, I decided that yesterday was going to be the day that I was just going to call people out. I'm done with it. I just wanted to see how many people I could alienate. I managed to alienate thousands, David, thousands. It of was quite something to behold. And I kept looking. I'm like. No, I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't no. say that either. No, I wouldn't. No, I don't think. I mean, when I brought up my late So father. thanks for not bringing me into your fights there and or to the uh, Reddit community. I'm really, the, uh, the CCIV was enough for me. That's well, all I and, need. You know, uh, look, I, hostility I, I, from that one name was a lot, was a lot enough for a life. You know, Carl, there, there, if you, the, the bad, the way I got in trouble with these guys initially was when I called in from the hospital and said that I think GameStop at 350 should be sold. And that was regarded as one of the biggest sins I could possibly commit. The fact that the stock is dramatically lower means absolutely nothing. I broke. I helped break uh, the short. Actually, uh, uh, some of the names they also like, uh, that community, Jim, are the cruise lines, uh, which are all a little bit higher this morning. Macquarie does say, Jim, uh, we're upping to outperform as a sector. Uh, They think that the next round of sailing suspensions, if we get it, uh, would be bookended by a more firm commitment to announcing new sailings, at least in the U.S., as we ostensibly believe we're in some of the final chapters of well, the pandemic. You know, David and I have been talking, Carl, a lot about how this, group, this new group of investors, when they're offered equity, they take it. And uh, yesterday, Royal Caribbean offered 16 million shares at 91. And a lot of people, David, in the old style of what might have happened in the stock market at one point, they say, you know what, Royal Caribbean now has the cash to be able to get through. Let's buy Royal Caribbean. Right. Now, what do you think about that as a way to invest? Well, and I'm, I'm not, not sure. being facetious. What, no, uh, listen, my question would be, what are their earnings per, per share going to look like? How many shares have they? You mean the dilution? S- is yeah, the just... dilution is going to be enormous, right? That's why you and can't. And the stock yeah. is really rebounded dramatically from its lows. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not at its high. Its highs are closer to 111, somewhere in there. But, uh, you know, we're not talking that far away, uh, Jim. I, the share count has got to, I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are. I'm sure some of our viewers do can find it out quickly. But the share count increase has been a dramatic one. And so earnings per share, what are they going to look like well, do you when know they finally do get back to actually having earnings? This industry was uh, very afflicted by uh, having too many ships. So if Royal Caribbean does get back to where it was at 140, you have to question, Carl, whether uh, traditional analysis matters. There were too many ships, so pricing was under pressure. Now we've got tremendous bargains. I don't know if you guys looked at some of the cruise prices, but they're fantastic. But they're not going to be making a lot of money initially. And David is so right, Carl. Um, These companies are serial issuers of equity. That used to matter. 
And right now, it does not matter to this newer group of buyers. It's impressive how much they like this group. Uh, but it's also a, a yep. reminder that the analysts themselves are going to have to downgrade the hell out of them. Yeah. Well, all three are in the top five S&P gainers as of this morning. Uh, Jim, earlier uh, this morning, we mentioned Disney uh, and the, uh, the streaming environment. Interesting comments out of Bob Chapek uh, this week at uh, one of the conferences, mostly about the percentage of Disney Plus subs uh, that are households without kids. Uh, we didn't realize uh, the non non-family appeal that a, a service like Disney Plus would have. Uh, and that has big implications for the way Disney thinks about its ongoing content. It's rather amazing because what it says is we continue to misjudge the draw of this company. Uh, now, uh, Christine McCarthy, who's such a great CFO, made this point a couple of times. And it kind of was uh, went over people's heads that how many. And I think, David, what's happened is, is that there's a sense that this is a company that when you have kids, you visit. And then when the kids get older, you're done with. And. They're not. Not if you like Star Wars. Right. Right. Not if you like any of the Mandalorian. Yeah. People watch Mandalorian. Well, that's my point. I mean, Mandalorian is a start, right? Any, anything right. having to do with that. And the, the Avengers group. My, my wife watches them over and over again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Captain America, she watched, like, she's watched it four times. It doesn't change if you watch it. <laughs> it's the same. Uh, on the, you know, it, I thought what were interesting as well, these were comments, I believe, at Morgan Stanley's having their TMT conference, and there's a number of different speakers. But uh, um, also talking about that theatrical window, and Carl, this is something I know you pay close attention to, saying, um, you know, doesn't see it going back to the old theatrical window. Perhaps not a surprise, but interesting to hear him say that as we watch, of course, uh, Disney uh, released some of its movies directly uh, to consumers uh, through its through Disney Plus. We've seen HBO Max do the same. Uh, we've seen others. Uh, Paramount Plus is going to tighten up the window. And he just says, I don't uh, think people have the tolerance for movie or for a movie in theaters for months after a year of getting titles when they want hmm. at home. Hmm. Yeah, um, I guess I don't, I don't know if he updated their their strategy on Black Widow, which I know they've been holding close to the vest in the hopes that that will be a theatrical release. But I did notice, David, yesterday, a Hollywood Reporter had a good piece on basically major filming production coming back to California uh, with the assistance of some tax incentives. But things like uh, Universal's doing a remake of Scarface with the Coen brothers. So whether it ends up on a streaming platform or in the theater, just getting stuff in the can. Yeah. Uh, is going to be huge for some of these names. Yeah, it certainly will be. I did notice there were signs up for they were filming Succession in uh, in uh, actually I was in Midtown in neighborhood there. Oh, be true. So you said hello to my little friend three, AMC. One of the great one of the great shows on really HBO one of the Max. Great. Say but again. Have you said hello to my little friend AMC Entertainment? An excellent article about Adam Aaron. <laughs> yes, taking advantage of talk this about situation. selling stock, right? Adam's uh, very smart. Now we're obviously talking about movie theaters. Guys, before we finish on, on Disney, you know, ESPN, I mentioned it a bit earlier. That, you know, it hardly gets talked about, Jim. You've made this point on yeah. when what we talk that? Disney. That's a sports channel. And, um, but let's not forget the NFL. That, that is going to happen You soon. mentioned that yesterday. And you asked the about numbers, that. The numbers are going to be very large. I asked Bakish about it, uh, the CEO of Viacom, when we had him on last week. He didn't uh, really have a lot to offer there. But let's keep a close eye on it because those numbers conceivably are going to be enormous and you know, we don't really talk ESPN as much, obviously, as we watch cord cutting continue. Um, but, Jim, it, it's so interesting to see what the strategy will be longer term for ESPN. 
and well, Disney and how they view that asset, whether it's viewed as core. Remember, Hearst owns 20 percent of it, too. Right. When is Alphabet going to say, when is Google going to say, you know what, we want YouTube to win and YouTube's doing quite well. Let's just buy. Let's take the contract. Yeah, it's not happening this go around, I don't think. But they don't seem to it's care not about that. this go around. Maybe Amazon would step up, but doubtful, I don't know, is what I'd heard. Uh, you know, we'll see. How much is it going to cost, David, to get, to get the NFL this year? A lot. But, and, uh, they're ta- I don't even, I, you know what, I'm not going to give you, I don't. No, I'm, okay, let's it's a moving this target, I mean, okay, whatever I say. Do you think it's more than it was? Yes. You know, this- oh, my God, yes. All these numbers are going up. Well, then Alphabet, Facebook, Amazon have the money. Yeah. Does. Oh, they do. They've got the money. They just, it's still a big ticket. Carl? All right, guys. Uh, we'd be uh, a lot worse off without energy and materials, which are leading this morning. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, and uh, yes, a flattish open. Energy's helping, uh, but we've got a sort of defensive tones to the market. Consumer staples are leading early on. Healthcare uh, is leading. Uh, Merck's having a good day. Merck's not been great in the last few months, but after that terrific announcement, uh, co-producing the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, all the big pharma names are up. Uh, Bristol, Lilly uh, up as well. So slightly defensive. Tech's flattish. Mega cap tech also flattish. Banks flattish. You notice China, that's MCHI. It's the main China ETF. Uh, that's down more than 1%. And that's because the main China bank regulator, Mr. Guo, came out with some rather aggressive comments, including comments about the U.S. stock market overnight. Here's what he said. He said, financial markets are trading at high levels in Europe, the U.S., and other developed countries, which runs counter to the real economy. We are very worried about the financial markets, particularly the risk of the bubble bursting of foreign financial assets. He's calling out specifically the U.S. stock market there, and he's using a rather uh, dirty, controversial word, bubbles. That's a tough word to use. There's a big difference between a rich valuation. The U.S. stock market, as we said, has been richly valued for a while, trading at 22 times forward earnings. But there's a big difference between that and a bubble. A bubble is a very specific thing where you're divorced from any kind of economic reality. I don't think we're there yet. If you look at where the markets are globally, actually, it's China this year that's had the biggest uh, move up. China's been a leader in the global markets. Uh, uh, Russell 2000's up 15 percent. China's not far up 11 percent. People say, well, that's a bubble. I don't know. I mean, these two sectors, small cap U.S. stocks, China, they've underperformed for years and years and years. And they're finally catching up a little bit. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, rich valuation is necessarily a bubble. So, again, that's a controversial word to use. Taiwan, also great. Look at Europe. We're up 4 percent. The S&P is up 3 percent. And remember, that multiple, the 22 times S&P 500 multiple, has been coming down recently as earnings have been aggressively coming up on 2021. So bubble, divorce from reality? Uh, I don't know. Again, I think the important thing is that this sort of uh, is part of the growing discussion over how and when central banks around the world should start pairing back stimulus. That's the real story about what's going on here. Not so much about whether we're in a, a, a bubble or what Mr. Guo thinks about it, but what central banks are, are going to be doing. Elsewhere, we've got something I haven't seen in a while. We actually have an IPO of a fairly well-known company, a real IPO, folks. And I don't mean a SPAC here. Uh, Oscar Health is scheduled to Price tonight on the NASDAQ. This is a pretty well-known, it's a digital health insurer. It's been around for a while, but it's got a nice following. Uh, price talk, uh, 31 million shares at uh, 32 to $34. We'll keep an eye on that. But the important thing, of course, as David has been covering every single day so well, um, the SPAC business is just 
overwhelming the IPO business. So here's the numbers year to date. Here's, we've had 260 SPACs plus IPOs. They've raised about $80 billion, as you see. But if you break it down, it's pretty amazing. 203 of those 260 SPACs that you see there are overall coming from the markets for SPACs. I mean, essentially, SPACs are 75% of the dollar volume of all of the new issues raised and 80% of SPACs versus IPO. So the numbers are really overwhelming so far, and it doesn't show any signs of abating. And David, you've been doing a great job uh, covering all that. One old IPO hand I called this morning to ask about these numbers said, why shouldn't it do well? SPACs are riskless call options. You can get out of the deal anytime you want. And you get to give forward guidance. And remember, guys, Carl, giving forward guidance, that's pretty amazing. You try doing that with an IPO, you'll get arrested. Or if not arrested, the SEC is going to call you about whether or not they want you to go public. There's all sorts of advantages that SPACs have right now. And you can see they are taking advantage of it. Guys, back to you. Yeah, it's a remarkable readout at Goldman today, Bob, as you point out. Uh, Thanks, Bob Pisani. Uh, Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning as well. Hey, Rick. Morning, Carl. You know, I, I really enjoy listening to Bob Pisani. And one thing he said, it, it, we need to understand what central banks are going to do to really understand how we're going to see markets behave. Well, I, I think it's easy to know what central banks are going to do, because the mantra lately from central bankers is the problem with 0708 credit crisis. They didn't go big enough. OK. And yesterday I said, you know, one trillion's big number. We need to really start wrapping our arms around it. One trillion seconds yesterday took you back to 30,000 B.C., One trillion minutes takes you back 1,900,000 years ago. We need to talk about this every morning because the fact that they say they didn't go big enough to me makes no sense at all. Let's go to the charts. You know, I think that central bankers pretty much are already leaving an imprint because it seems though the markets are backing away from this higher interest rate scenario. Look at back to Thursday, last Thursday, when everything went wild, we saw all the spikes, we saw the dollar index under 90. Okay, so from 161, here we now hover in the low 140s. And if you open the chart up to one month, the spike high that we had, of course, was at 161. And as you look at this chart, you can clearly see that we have started to turn the corner a bit. The high closes 152. The point of this is, I think consolidation for the next week or two or more in Treasury yields is potentially probability of high proportions, and it's very significant. It's going to take the temperature down a bit, and of course, it's going to let the notion that rates are higher than they were, but the central banks most likely will use QE to keep them from going hugely higher. And if you look at a going back to March chart real quickly, where are we going to test if we go back down? 120 from the second week of March. Real quickly, dollar index. Here's going back to Thursday as well. 91 to 90 is probably the range. Consider it bounced back nicely, but still can't hold above 91. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, we'll see you in a bit. Uh, Rick Santelli. Uh, So take a look at what the S&P is doing right now. We'll look at the heat map. Uh, You got some travel, retail, some materials helping out as well. Energy, too. Uh, Some uh, weakness uh, showing up in semis in the uh, early minutes of the session. We're back after a break. Take a look at Rocket. RKT this morning uh, was up much higher than it is right now, but still a 15% gain as we uh, 
try to figure out whether or not this is a new entry into the Reddit community uh, frenzy trade environment. Uh, they are going to participate in the Morgan Stanley Tech and Media uh, Conference uh, virtually, but definitely a name to keep an eye on uh, this morning. Yeah, well, we, uh, yeah, it's 38 percent short, Carl. Jim? And when people see that, yep. they think you can bust the, the sellers. Now, I have been a huge fan of Jay Farner and Dan Gilbert and have had them on and, frankly, don't understand why the stock didn't react to what was a very good quarter uh, where they basically laid out a story which just said, we can show you how when rates go up, it has not hurt our business. When rates go down, it's not hurt our business. D- uh, David, you know Dan Gilbert. I do. I do. And, and you know that Dan is a pretty serious fellow he that is. put together – a very good uh, company. As you pointed out, this is as much a technology company as it anything is. else in a fintech right. company. It was one of the largest IPOs we'd seen in a very long time, 2020 vintage, early, right, right earlier. Right. And it gave um, a good dividend. Now, there is a short then, position. It, it, there's also a, a convoluted ownership. Yes. Now, Jay and Dan have explained the ownership many times. All I can tell you is, is that in terms of defaults, they're the best. They have very few. And they attracted a lot of people with the Super Bowl ads. And, Carl, I've got to tell you, Rocket is a very easy, a easy place to get in terms of just the ease of mortgage. It's not, they don't give mortgages to people who don't deserve it, though. This is not that at all. Right. Coming on the heels of their first uh, quarter as a public company. Uh, guys, uh, Dow, a little bit mild loss here, down 37. We'll be back after a short break. Take a look at some of your Dow laggards this morning. Uh, Microsoft's going to lead the list. Apple as well, which, of course, yesterday uh, pushed its way to about a one-week high, giving a little bit back. But uh, one more indication this morning that tech is going to be among the weaker spots of the market as energy and materials outperform. Still a long day ahead, though. Dow's up 16. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I know it involves plastic. One of my absolute favorite executives is Jim Fitterling. He came on Mad Money when the stock was at 25 for Dow Chemical and said, you know what? I'm just buying a ton of Dow Chemical. Today, it gets upgraded. I mean, look at this stock. It has been one of the greats of this period. Wells goes hold to buy. This is all about commodities. Commodities are going higher. Dow Chemical. Yeah. Uh, Jim, yeah, commodities are going to be a story uh, for a while. What's what's tonight? I got PSE&G. We got to talk about wind farms. They're very big at it. Uh, I've got Canopy Growth. They were going to introduce their uh, uh, taste great, uh, no filling. And then for David, I've got XL Fleet, which is a SPAC that worked with Pivotal because I know David is so focused on SPACs. <laughs> yes, I am. It's an interesting one. It's the same thing again. You know, it's just another EV. Right. Short haul or any haul? Any haul. Got it. Yeah. All right. Mostly spacalytics, David. Uh, trade market. Yeah, there you, you go. can. Spacalytics. <laughs> I'm doing some spacalytics uh, over here. Yep. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Thank uh, you, Mad Carl. Money 6 p.m., Thank of you. course. Uh, Mad Money with Jim Cramer. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.